Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Jennifer Orequa. Jennifer is the COO of Projections, Inc., specializing in employee communications and how to raise employee engagement. We met at PodFest earlier this year. We were both attending the Mastermind, hosted by Joe Fear and Matt Wolf, co-hosts of Hustle & Flowchart podcast. What I loved about when I met Jennifer is that she talked about how employees can actually influence public relations and how HR also plays a role in influencing the public relations role. Welcome, Jennifer, where we discuss everything from how to use social media and employee advocates to raise the frequency of employee engagement and public relations. Welcome back to another edition of Social PR Secrets. And my special guest today is Jennifer Orkma, and she is the COO of, of Projections. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. So we met, we were just talking about this off there. We met at PodFest this year for the right. first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was right before um, the pandemic hit. And now we're in this new normal type of situation. Uh, we met at the, um, actually the Hustle and Flowchart Mastermind part of PodFest, which was awesome. Yes, it sure was. Yes, yes. So Jennifer, um, I wanted to have you on because I wanted, it was so interesting talking to you and meeting you about the whole aspect of um, employee engagement and being proactive as an employer to um, have positive employee communications. Mm -hmm. And definitely that is part of public relations, but I think sometimes it's not really thought of when you talk about PR, that employee relations is definitely part of the, the public relations strategy. Sure. So um, tell us a little bit about projections and, and how, you know, in your background and how the two connect. Yeah. So Projections is a 40-year-old company. We do employee communications. We work with about half of the Fortune 500. Um, we produce videos, websites, and e-learning and social media for companies who want to connect with their employees. So um, very much in the space of PR, but but many human resources folks don't think of it like that. And that is our main audience. So you know, defining what PR is to a human resources person, that's more employee relations than public relations. So that's that's how they they frame it um and that's how we define it as well yes okay so what exactly is the state of employee communications in this new normal so over the course of the pandemic we've seen our clients communicate a lot more frequently um, that's been something that people are hungry for and they need information more than ever before. So, um, for instance, those clients that maintain websites with us for that are employee facing, we're updating those more frequently, um, video addresses that are going out on social media and things like that. Um, we're just seeing a greater volume of communication than, than we did previously. Yeah. I would say, I would think that it's more challenging than ever for employers and employees to, to connect, um, and, and be in sync than, than prior to the whole work, work from home. Um, which is really we're in the new normal is everybody's working from, from home, even mm. companies that didn't even think it was possible to work from home. Right. We've all figured out that it is possible. <laughs> and communicating with a remote workforce is also a, another challenge. Especially in this era. So not only do we have the pandemic, but we're also challenged with like political discussions in the workplace and um, all kinds of different, different things that have come up in 2020 that weren't necessarily on the landscape prior um, so when you're, you're talking to brands and talking to them about um, 
employee communication and employee engagement, like you, you shared kind of like the different methods, but where do you start? Where, what, what, how does a brand, when they come to you, like where, where are they typically starting and, and how do you take on um, an employer for, for this type of um, this service? So sometimes companies get caught up in the day-to-day of running the business and they're not thinking about those elements of connecting with employees. So um, we offer a downloadable guide to the what we call the employee engagement journey. Uh, it works regardless of the size of the company uh, or, or the, the topic at hand. So we begin with uh, that pre-hire awareness stage. So what are you doing to connect before new employees even begin work? Making sure that they understand what your employer brand looks like um, and who you are as the company. Then as they join the team, are we focusing on orientation and bringing that new hire into your culture and into your values um, so that they can help move the company forward? And at that point, we look at the employee entering the honeymoon stage where the energy is high, but it's vital to continue connecting because that honeymoon phase leads into comfort where everybody's sort of, oh, everything's good. We don't need to, to... you know, do anything to upset the apple cart. Um, this is where, you know, employees often have confidence in their ability to do their job. They have pride in their work um, and they can remain in that comfort phase for quite some time. But then invariably an employee enters into a phase of discomfort or something goes wrong. So this could be a disagreement over work rules or compensation, you know, any number of things, you know, we've seen plenty of disagreements over PPE and taking care of employees in the pandemic and how a company responds at that point is paramount. Um, you know, can you address these situations in a way that moves the company forward? So when you're able to bring that discomfort to a resolution through your great communications, that's where the magic of positive employee relations begins. That's the action step that really begins to create employee advocates. And I'm sure it's, it's, it's difficult for all size companies to really put this in place, but when you're just starting out in a small business, um, I, I would think that it's, it's something that is very challenging for smaller businesses. How do smaller businesses that maybe um, don't even know that you know your type of um, company to assist them exists, or maybe they don't have a budget for it? How, what are some some um, tips that you can give to smaller businesses that might not even think through, for example, an onboarding um, process for new employees or um, the re, you know having some sort of a calendar for reviews? You know, I mean, there's there's smaller elements of what we. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what I would tell them. Um, so I guess in a in a small business, you could look at a, a smaller scale, um, still communicating via the uh, same elements. You can create videos in a, a DIY sense and make sure that you're doing that on a regular basis. You could um, create your own social media channel just for employees, perhaps a private Facebook group, and communicate there. So there are ways that small businesses can stay in front of their employees and make sure that they um, communicate that they are addressing those needs uh, on an ongoing basis, not just running the company, but taking care of the, the team members as well. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that we talked about when we were at the mastermind was how employers can have a, a Facebook group for their employees to to communicate, um, you know, on mm-hmm. more of a, a social side and a private side. Mm-hmm. And um, we also talked about just the the concept of you know influencer marketing and how that can be actually you can have an influencer as an employee advocate inside the company. So what does that look like? Well, um, we have seen a number of companies, you know, tap employees as influencers. Um, Wegman Supermarkets does a fantastic job of it. They operate as though every employee is a family member um, and care for them in just that way. Um, Trucking company Sierra England has a private Facebook group just for employees where their team members can serve one another and communicate with one another. So knowing who your employee advocates are and using them as influencers um, to help build up your employer brand, that's something that can definitely be done on social media as well as um, even in person. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the, the the brand that I really think has done a great job is um, Cisco. 
Um, mm-hmm. They created a LinkedIn page for like a culture page mm-hmm. and yep. um, different examples like that. So what are, what are some other brands that are doing it right? Maybe some of your clients, you mentioned one of them that you can um, share some of the, the steps that you've taken with your, with some of your brands that you're working with. Well, I don't necessarily want to name names, um, but okay. some of our some of our clients who um, do a fantastic job, they're just really creative around how they do this, around how they connect with employees, um, whether that is um, doing a boot camp to um, welcome new employees in, um, or creating creative videos that are memorable, um, things of that nature that allow them to continue connecting, um, even you know, even in the face of something like a pandemic. Right, right. Um, so I thought it was also interesting that we met at, at PodFest and that so you actually have your own podcast. Um, so mm-hmm. how do you how do you use your podcast for, for your for, for, for projections? Oh, sure. So Project HR is, is projections podcast and mm-hmm. we are actually celebrating our one year anniversary next month. So I'm Congrats. super excited about that. I know um, we publish a new episode every week and um, our theme is is building better workplaces. So our audience is human resources and labor relations professionals. Um, we have a really good time on our podcast. We've interviewed thought leaders, practitioners, authors, um, labor and employment attorneys, um, some of my favorite episodes, we had uh, Doug Buse on, who, is, who did a fantastic episode on innovation. Uh, we recently had uh, Jeff Novak, who's an employment attorney with Littler Mendelssohn. He has a blog dedicated to the Family Medical Leave Act, which sounds really dry and boring, but Jeff was highly entertaining. He even sang a song for us. So our, <laughs> our podcast is a, is a really good time. Yeah, well, um, I just launched Social PR Secrets podcast right after we met right. at PodFest. Right, I remember. And um, I mean, definitely it's, it's, it's a learning curve and, you know, it, it's just, you know, something you have to really be dedicated to. Mm-hmm. So just speaking of pod, podcasts, what are some tips that you would give if somebody's just starting out with their podcast and what you've learned along the way? Definitely research and planning. Those are paramount. Um, a lot of people, I think, just sort of jump right in, which there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, the whole idea of, of start ugly, of course. Um, but being able to think it through, make sure you've got uh, your questions ahead of time, make sure you you know your, uh, your, your guest well, know that um, you're... Collectively, you need to like look at all of your episodes as what is the purpose of this. I think that that's sometimes people lose focus. They're like, I just need guests. Um, so knowing that you've got a, a theme around your episodes and you're really serving a particular audience, I think is important. Definitely, definitely. What are some um, mistakes that you've learned from, if if there's been any that you, if you had to do it over, you would do it different. Well, you know, it's funny because each episode kind of has its own unique particular mistakes. Um, so so for, for instance, uh, we had a guest on recently um, and we had given him the questions in advance. And so rather than waiting for me to ask the questions as the host, he just like started answering everything. Oh. Answer, 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 answer. And so all of the entire podcast is just his answers. There's nothing else in it. So um, so things like that, that you learn along the way, but there's no real way to, you know, to, to overcome those mistakes beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely can see that. Um, I, and I was looking at your website and, you know, a lot of it is talking about um, employee engagement and also how brands um, can empower teams to become more productive. Can we talk on those two points? Because I think no matter what size company, that's always something that um, is, is always, you know, we're always learning when it comes to that. Sure. And, and employee engagement is really, that's that's where we, we hang our hats. Yeah. Um, everything that comes off that, every challenge that any um, company has starts with employee engagement. If you've got engaged and productive employees, then a lot of the other stuff takes care of itself. 
how do you do that? What are some tips on how you can really have that, that positive employee engagement? Yeah. And, and that's, that really begins with excellent communication um, and, and doing that on an ongoing basis, making sure that that's a priority, um, not just one-way communication. Like we're not just talking about handed down from on high, but actually listening to employees. Um, so for instance, uh, on m- many of the websites that we do, we have uh, an anonymous employee um, question uh, form. So they can submit a question and then it's actually answered with full transparency and authenticity right there on the site so that everybody can see the answers to it. So that gives a sense of trust um, in the company and allows that, that two-way communication to flow, flow freely. Yeah, definitely. And what, what about um, when it comes to just being productive and, and team building, what are some tips that you can you give when it comes to that? And um, I mean, as an employer, it, it can be, you know, sometimes it, you can get disconnected from what is going to help your employees and your teams be productive. Mm-hmm. We, we think that productivity comes a lot out of great leadership. So we focus on leadership quite a bit. We have a product called a better leader um, that really brings leaders into alignment. So brings them all to the same topic and lets them focus on that topic for an entire month. Um, so I think that productivity often stems from, from great leaders throughout the company. So knowing who to promote, knowing um, you know how to groom those leaders to carry your message and carry your values while you're still looking for productivity is really important. Are there trends that are happening right now when it comes to employee communications that let's say, you know, it wasn't a trend five years ago or even three years ago because of technology or different things? Um, well, there's a lot more focus on e-learning. So we do a lot of interactive e-learning. So that's something that um, we do for leaders and employees. Um, but again, what we just talked about was that focus on on the leaders and making sure that all of your leaders are walking the talk and making sure that you are um, addressing things like diversity and inclusion and, and your leaders are well-versed in these topics. Um, there's a tendency sometimes with leaders, especially in larger companies, to head down, get the job done um, and only focus on that productivity. They're not focusing on their, their leadership skills or taking care of their employees. So that's been a, a recent focus um, in the, you know, especially with everything that's been going on this year is making sure that you're listening to your employees and that you're addressing their needs. And so I would say leadership training and yeah, leaning toward e-learning more than anything else. And how, um, when it comes to leadership training, you said you have a, a product um, wrapped around that. So mm-hmm. how do you know if you're a company that actually needs leadership training? What if you think you do, but you really don't? Mm, well, most companies do. Um, you'll, you'll see the symptoms in employee disengagement. You'll see um, resistance to change, um, productivity falling off or not what it used to be. Um, union organizing is sometimes a symptom. Um, if you are uh, getting uh, government violations like OSHA violations and things like that, your leadership is, is not supporting you know, who you want to be as a company. So making sure that you're not just doing the, the hard skills that are needed for the job, but those soft skills like time management and um, delegating, things like that, uh, focusing on those areas there, those can, those, those symptoms can be taken care of, um, with better leadership training. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, what are some, some, if you can maybe share some sources that, um, employers can use to help improve their, their positive communication and employee engagement, um, are there books or, um, 
your, your podcast is definitely a source. Yeah, that- our podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then we also have, um, we also have um, three blogs that we publish on. So we have our projections blog, which is on our main website, and that is all HR topics. So there we talk about um, harassment uh, avoidance. We talk about um, diversity. We talk about inclusion. We talk about um, communicating about your benefits. All of those sort of topics are on projectionsinc.com. Then we also have a website called Union Proof, and that is all about labor relations and making sure that you're taking care of your employees and communicating well um, to keep them from organizing a union. Then we also have a better leader, which is where all our leadership topics are. So that uh, again, goes back to what we were just talking about with um, all of the the soft skills and helping inspire your leaders to to greatness. Um, So all of those, I would definitely say um, I love reading books. I've got lots and lots of books, but um, uh, those those three websites right there have a, a wealth of information. Speaking of taking care of your employees, so what, um, what, let's talk about on the side of like mental health and wellness. Is that something that employers um, are, you feel like are improving on? Is that something that um, is also em- employees, I find, I think more valuable than ever if their employee cares about their mental health and wellness? We have done a little bit on that, but most of what we've been doing is is pushing that topic forward. So there are companies and larger companies mostly who are able to dedicate resources to that particular um, area. We have done quite a bit on leadership training, um, making sure that uh, work-life balance, which doesn't actually exist, but um, but the idea the idea there that you know you can uh, actually balance what you're doing at work and the time that you need at home, and that's even harder these days. Um, but not a lot of companies have the resources to dedicate to that right now. If they're if they've got um, an additional time and energy around something, it's going to be towards diversity and inclusion. It's going to be toward taking care of the things that are happening right now in the world that their employees are concerned about. Yeah. So it's really. Is that part of leadership training is the um, taking care of yourself and making sure your employees are taken care of too, or that it's not a priority is what you're saying? Well, no, I think it is a priority for many companies. I think that um, many of them are handling it more in a one-on-one kind of way. Uh, You know, most of what we do is more of a broadcast kind of idea with, you know, websites and and video and things like that. And and oftentimes those mental health issues and self-care, those are more of a, you know, educate your leaders so that they can take care of the employees in a one-on-one kind of sense. When I was um, researching my book, Digital Detox Secrets, one of the things that I um, came across was that companies like Facebook and Twitter, um, the ones that really have caused the um, digital mental drain, um, ironically, they're the companies that are are investing in things like meditation rooms and um, resources that are to help their tech employees not get burned out, which I Mm -hmm. thought was pretty ironic. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of digital detox secrets, so um, you're an entrepreneur. What are some of the things that you do to, you know, you said digital life balance doesn't really exist, but what do you right. do to kind of like offset the the crunch? Honestly, I'm focusing energy, not what, you know, not on what is right now, but what could be. So taking care of our team, taking care of myself, uh, you know, reading, getting out of my own head, um, focusing on what could be, you know, dreaming big and finding ways to, to pivot into 2021 as opposed to dwelling on, on where we've been. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, and what are some of your favorite podcasts besides your own? Um, I actually really love podcasts around business and entrepreneurship. Um, I like Built to Sell. Um, Scalar Fail is another good one. Um, I also enjoy uh, Seeking Wisdom. Uh, Drift's David Cancel does a really good job with that one. I like I like Theory of Content. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, and then David, um, David Miller has uh, Story Brand. I love that one. Oh, no, I have to check. No, oh, yeah. I have a lot of those I have, I'm not listening to. So I definitely yeah. have to. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 
Um, and we talked a little bit about also when we met about the influence of public, public relations when it comes to HR and, and different ways that um, HR can, can embrace public relations in a more proactive way. So mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I see with them when I'm working with clients is they're upset about, for example, Glassdoor reviews that end up um, you know, coming up in search results when somebody's searching their brand or mm-hmm. searching their keywords. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we recommend to clients is, you know, to make sure that they're monitoring, um, you know, whether it's reviews from Glassdoor, which would be, you know, kind of an HR thing sure. or, you know, Yelp or any, or even Google, because employees could, you know, even leave a, a some sort of a review, good or bad, positive or negative on any review site. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that that's interesting that, you know, HR really has, has to wear a bunch of different hats, you know, sometimes even mm-hmm. you know, marketing and public relations and also, you know, all these different, you know, the different things that they have to deal with. So what are some other ways that, um, that you, you feel like HR could, could um, help boost public? Re- yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, the, the employer brand is, is a huge part of recruiting the, the brightest minds and the best talent for, for any company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, positive employee relations throughout the employee engagement journey is the key to what employees might say about the company on something like Glassdoor or Indeed. You know, moving every employee along that journey means that you're creating employee advocates in the end um, and creating that culture where authenticity and transparency are valued. Um, humility and leadership is practiced. You know, that, that means that the reviews left on Glassdoor are going to be truly reflective of your employer brand. So that's really HR's goal in terms of PRs, um, not necessarily worrying about the PR itself, but making sure you're taking care of the employees so that they become advocates. Definitely. And, and I mean, it's really the employees can help sell the company and, you know, really represent the culture, which is what I, I just keep bringing to mind Cisco and Mm -hmm. how they have, um, they give their employees, like basically they have their own um, social media channels that represent the Cisco culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that's just such a, you know, forward way of thinking when it comes to really, you know, representing your brand and, yeah. and, and investing in your employees mm-hmm. and, and the difference that they can make in your bottom line and also attracting new talent. And speaking yeah. of attracting new talent, like, can we talk about that a little bit and how, sure. how this really translates into, you know, an automatic, um, you know, it's like a referral source for new employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do talk a good bit about recruitment um, on our website and how the engagement of your current employees has a, a, you know, that will definitely positively reflect on your recruitment efforts. And, uh, you know, that's that employer brand is what we think of, you know, being an employer of choice that um, that that HR should focus on long term. It's not just can we recruit, recruit, recruit. You want to retain those employees so that they then uh, give positive reviews and bring in the newest um, and brightest minds. Um, a lot of the companies that we work with, one of the, the best things I love to see them doing is what we call a pre-hire orientation. So they create a video with us that um, is reflective of their culture. This is what to expect when you come here. This is who we are as a company. Um, often includes testimonials from employees and uh, and upper management so that, that that new recruit, before they even say, yep, I'm on board, they understand what they're getting themselves into. And yes, my values fit with this company's values. And that way your your retention rates go up with the, with the pre-hire orientation. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, what about I've seen this in a few companies that they have their own, you know, internal type of podcast for their for their employees. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely seen that. Um, that's been one or two of our, our clients have been um, on the, the forefront, the bleeding edge, if you will, um, of creating podcasts for employees. The challenge there is um, content um, as it is for all, all of us podcasters. So trying to, uh, you know, get the right employees to come on to the podcast, if you want them as guests or executives, um, that's always the challenge, but yes, that's a, it's a fantastic concept um, that not very few companies ha- are in that space at this point. So it's, it's, uh, it's, well, it's the wide open West and you can do whatever you want to. Um, I think that a lot of more companies are going to be going to be venturing into that space. And if, a, if an employer is thinking about creating a podcast for as, as an employee relations type of tool, what are some tips besides, you know, content would be, I think, um, something that they need to take into consideration and do a, a editorial calendar and making sure that they have their topics in line. But what are some, some actionable steps that an employer could take when they they wanted to start a podcast for their employees? Well, the first thing, um, and we do this with with absolutely everything that we do is, you know, who is your audience? Who are you talking to with this podcast? Um, And then second to that, what's your objective? You know, if you look at this as a body of work, what is your podcast trying to achieve? Are you are you targeting um, recruiting? You know, are you is this going to go out so that you bring in new people? Are you actually targeting your employees? Is is retention your goal? So understanding that right out of the gate, that'll help inform your content and your content calendar um, and your guests who you have on. Um, That's that's probably the, the biggest piece of advice. The other piece of advice I would give is outsource it. Um, any company that's trying to do that internally, you're gonna you're gonna pod flop, and uh, you're gonna end up you know not broadcasting as often as you wish, and then employees learn not to trust that source, um, and that it ends up just being a, a an albatross as opposed to a, a feather in your cap. Yeah, and how do you keep up with everything? By everything, <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to best practices with employee communications, are there um, sources that that you that you read that you listen to? on that topic or other sources that um, that our listeners could could su- subscribe to besides some of the things that you've already mentioned out of your blog and podcast? Sure. So at, at any given time, I'm probably reading two or three books at once. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm working on Traction, which is, that focuses on my passion, which is operations. Um, I also really enjoyed The Ride of a Lifetime, which was Bob Iger's autobiography. Um, his story is fascinating. It opens up on the day that Disney opened in Shanghai and the exact same day the two-year-old was killed at Disney World. Um, and so his is just an incredible story. That's It's just fascinating study of, of business, employee relations, um, and how he's, he's handled all of that just with um, grace. Um, this weekend, I read The No Rules Rules. Have you seen this book? This is uh, Netflix's culture. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah. yes. It's, yes. it's fantastic. I've really yes. enjoyed it. They literally like sunshine all the mistakes and issues that came up along the way as Netflix grew. But so much of what Netflix does as a company really dovetails with how we work at projections. So I found the book really inspirational. So a lot of reading I keep up with. I also keep up on social media and um, listening to our clients. There's, there's a lot of great insight and ideas that come out of the, the clients that we work with. What were some of your favorite takeaways from the Netflix book? Well, they go into, I mean, the, obviously the topic, the new rules rules. So they, they talk about um, how they did away with vacation time. So they trust all their employees to take vacation. Um, we struggle with that at my company. We're all so um, enthusiastic about what we're doing. We're so passionate that we like forget to take vacation. It's terrible. So, so we are working on that. That's one of our, our goals to make sure that everybody takes a little time away to recharge. Um, and then they talked about doing right with other policies like um, travel and expense policies. And um, they, they basically boil it down to um, act in the best interests of the company. 
So I love that phrase. I like, like that idea of, you know, employees empowering employees to make decisions, not based on some arbitrary rule, but on, you know, exactly what they think is going to be best and um, supports the culture and the growth and moving the company forward. It sounds a little bit also like the Zappos culture. Yeah, a mm-hmm. little bit, a little bit, little, this was a little more focused internally than, you know, like if you read the happiness advantage, the Zappos story, um, you know, obviously they're, they're taking care of customers in an extraordinary way. Um, this is how Netflix kind of took care of their employees in an extraordinary way. Definitely. And, you know, that trend with, um, you know, just unlimited vacation that's come up a couple of times. I mean, just in general in some of my masterminds when we're trying to decide, you know, what to do. And so that is a struggle. And what suggestions do you give to, to having that, um, if, if you had that as one of your policies? Well, there's, there's a couple of different schools of thought, you know, some people panic and they're like, oh my goodness, all my employees are going to disappear and take six weeks of vacation and I'm not going to be able to get any work done. So um, that actually doesn't happen. People, um, people that what they've found with studying this idea is that people don't take any more or less vacation than they, they naturally would. Um, what is important is setting um, the, the context for it, making sure that people understand well, you can't just take off at the, you know, if you're in accounting, you cannot take off the, the first of the year. We are, this is our crunch time and we're, we're closing out all the books and all that kind of thing. So setting those, those ex- expectations, I think are important. Um, and that's, that's the one warning that I would give, but um, by and large, when we treat our employees like adults, they act like adults and they're, they're going to, they're going to do the right thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one of the trends I've noticed also is just, it just seems like there's less, um, people are spending less time at one employer, at, you know, they're maybe jumping around, maybe having their own side gig. So how do you, as an employer, um, I mean, you're, you're committing to um, giving your employees, you know, the best experience possible and creating that culture, but how do you make them, you know, how do you, how do you encourage them or, or get them to, to actually stay and, and commit for, you know, X amount of years or, you know, because it feels like as an employer, you invest into your employees and then they end up taking that investment somewhere else in a, in a short period of time. Um, what is, is that a trend that you're seeing? Um, somewhat. Um, I do. I do enjoy studying that. Um, you know, most of the larger companies that we work with, you know, we're, that's not really um, a concern. They do have turnover, um, but they they do want to retain their employees to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. I think any company that can support their employees' passions see a l- lot less of that turnover. And I and I think it's it's generational at this point. But um, if you can support your employees' passions around what they want to do and make that um, work in the best interest of the company, that's where you're going to find that that intersection of of passion and productivity. Um, um, for instance, our podcast producer, she had her own podcast that she was doing on the side and we were like, well, why don't you come over and do this one? Um, and she has just taken it and run with it and blossomed. I mean, our, our podcast is fantastic. So um, that sort of where you can look for, you know, what is an employee's passions and keep them invested in the company, as well as being able to grow, grow their own knowledge. Um, I think that that's, that's key to retention. Yes, definitely. Yeah, my actually a similar my assistant um, who helps me with my podcast, she was inspired and started her own podcast. So I thought that was nice. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jennifer, um, any last bits of advice that you can give our audience on um, employee engagement and, and communication and tips that we, we need to know that we haven't already covered? Not necessarily. I think that um, 
I think all companies need to work toward becoming an employer of choice. Um, you know, look at internal PR as not just a series of individual events, but rather as that employee journey, um, starting with new employee onboarding and connecting on day one with new employees, um, providing creative and consistent ways of connecting with team members, you know, positive employee relations taking place every day, videos, websites, powerful e-learning, social media, all of this throughout the employee life cycle. Yeah, um, it reminds me as you're talking of the um, the new the new funnel that HubSpot kind of came out came out with that the funnel is broken and it's been reinvented and there's not top middle and bottom of funnel that mm-hmm. it's really the funnel is um, circling your your mm-hmm. customers and you're constantly yep. delighting your customers and mm-hmm. so it's the same with your employees like there's no top middle or bottom you're you know you're always looking to to delight your employees and keep your employees delighted and happy. Agree, one hundred percent. And even when they reach that that advocate stage, where you know they're actually you know telling their friends how what a great place it is to work, even then you can still address their needs and make sure that they're taken care of. Yes, definitely. Well, if we think of anything else, if we're going to definitely subscribe to Project HR, your podcast, and I'll put all of the the rest of the um, the links to your social and to your website and some great. of your favorite podcast episodes in the show notes. But Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom and all of your. Um, HR and employee um, secrets. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. All right. Namaste. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.